When I first dive into a new album, I always examine the album's cover to discover its meaning, its cause, maybe. Most notably, when I first listened to Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly, I truly understood why he chose this cover for his album. Album covers truly do depict the album's message. When I look at the cover art for Ready to Die, you obviously see a black baby sitting crisscross applesauce titled Ready to Die by the Notorious B.I.G. I automatically realize what I'm getting myself into. If any album how album has a baby cover, it's automatically a classic. I'm getting myself into I'm getting myself into a classic. You can name it from the Nas's Illmatic and till even Lil Wayne's Carter Three. The proof is in the pudding. The first track is the intro. As you listen for about 14 seconds, I think, you hear a rapid heartbeat for a couple of seconds and then a couple and then a couple um and no a husband and a mother or the mother's giving birth and the father's just screaming in enthusiasm in the background you can also hear curtis mayfield's uh song superfly which came out in 90 1972 and through some research i found out that biggie was born in 1972 also the music starts to fade into a different part of the of Biggie's timeline to where it is 1980. And almost instantly, you hear Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper Delight. If, if you guys don't know, it's like the hip, the hippie, the hippie, the hippie, the hippie, the hippie you don't stop into the bang, bang, boogie, something like that. And I really, I, I realized Biggie at this point, he's about seven or eight years old. If he was born in 72, because this song came out, this song came out in like 80. Immediately, but after that, you hear like a father and a mother yelling at each other about their son's behavior. And then we go to part three of Biggie's timeline. And then we hear Top Villain by Audio 2, which came out in 88. So Biggie has to be 15 or 16. We hear Biggie and his homeboy arguing um, on how they are going to rob a train because Biggie's like, man, we're going to rob this train. And his homeboy like, Biggie, bro, are you serious? He's like insisting not. Not to. And Biggie's like, man, I got shit. I got shit. I ain't get no money from my mother. Did you? I'm ready to die for whatever. Biggie and his homeboy then come to an agreement and shoot that bitch up. <laughs> Part four. We heard the shiznit by Snoop D-O-double-G. That came out in 93. So Biggie is about 20 or 21. And now he is now um, uh, getting out of jail. As the As you hear... If you're like listen to this also, if you can listen to this, I wish you could listen to our podcast and listen to the song as well. I wish I could, like, you know what I mean? Like lay the track under under what I'm talking to. But you hear prison bars opening up as Biggie is now getting out of jail um, for our guest shooting that train up. And he said he has found a new purpose and he won't be back here again. Track two, Things Done Change. Big in verse one talks about what the hell happened to the good old times, the family functions, the camaraderie in the neighborhood. Now getting out of the cell, Biggie notices a wave that is ready to kill for whatever. He notes that if you talk slick, you will get your neck slick quick, cause real street niggas ain't having that shit no more. This ain't the, this isn't Thomas the Train bullshit. Real hitters will hit. No more of that fist fighting shit. But you don't hear me though. Verse two. Biggie is expressing how brutal violence is out there on the streets, and it's almost as you can visualize for yourself the current events that are happening on the Brooklyn streets. 
He then mentions that our parents used to take care of us, and if you look at them now, they are even scared of us. This definitely displays how shit's done change. Verse 3. Bigga is telling you, if you ain't hustling, then you got a wicked jump shot. Man, if you ain't getting this bread any way you can, what the hell are you doing? How are you going to be how are you going to be prepared? You know, um as you're also on this quest of getting this bread, other guys are trying to hit you. They trying to they trying to kill, kill you. And it's like almost in this like in verse 3 as Biggie's paranoid. Give me the loot, give me the loot. Give me the loot. It's about Biggie's younger self scheming to commit various robberies. The voices and the characters that are in the song are distinct. One is high, not high, but hyper with a high voice, which is um, younger Biggie, I'm guessing. And the other is more like Biggie's familiar persona. This song is considered a classic and has been sampled all over today in music industries. Most notable and is Travis Scott's sickle mode. Um, there's nothing really, I can't really... Really, because I mean, I think with this song, I can't really dive into it because you should really just listen at that point. Because you know, what I mean, you should just listen because all he's talking about is just um, how he's sticking up, killing well, not killing, but just sticking up armed robberies and all this. So just listen to the track and you'll get the understanding, you'll have an understanding of the song. Machine, oh fuck, track four. Uh, what track is this on the album actually? Because I got a mixed up on here. Hold up. So, Machine Gun Funk, yeah, Machine Gun Funk is track four. So, when Machine Gun Funk were introduced with a guitar that sounds familiar, and that is Black Heat, something extra. After a hard clap, Biggie comes in and starts talking his shit that if you fuck with Big and Heavy, you'll get up in your ass like a wedgie. He mentions he left the dope game but he is still prominent in the game. He has real hitters on his side, just in case someone is acting shifty as well. Biggie throughout the song is comparing a life of crime to a life of rhyme and his role in these distinctions. Track five now, right? Warning. After a couple of um, hard claps under the Isaac Hayes walk on by sample, we hear a pager ring. Biggie then wakes up from a night's sleep and picks up the pager. It's his homie Pop from the barbershop, and he's calling him to tell Biggie's there's some niggas that are on to you because they heard about some of the things you got. Pop then goes on to a soliloquy. Biggie then responds that he is ready for whatever. He said he has Rottweilers by the door, so he feeds them gunpowder so they can devour. I think I spelled, I said that wrong. It's Devier, right? Hold up, hold up, y'all. We're, we're going to, I think it's... But I just wanted to make that rhyme because I came up with that. Like, I got it off of the rhyming scheme of Biggie, but. Hold up. What is it? Devour. Devour. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was definitely wrong. All right. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. So, he got has Rottweilers by the board, by the door so they can devour. Uh, devour um, the criminals that are trying to sneak into his crib. After the song, there's a skit where armed robberies are sneaking onto Biggie's crib to loot him, maybe even take him out, or both. But never too late, Biggie 
has a red beam on both of their forehead. And you know the rest. Track six, ready to die. There's an interview where Biggie talks about this, this specific song. He says it's a thug anthem that is not on any level of suicide, but it's a song about being a hustler, about risking his life, and, parent, and he's paranoid of the police and all the stick-up men that are trying to come after him. Biggie is ready to go out all out for his. He's ready to die for the money, the power, and the respect. Since we already cracked its meaning without even going through the verses, I will tell you my favorite verse. Because of his immaculate wordplay and him attacking every bar for bar. Biggie shows his wordplay in the beginning, shows this wordplay in the beginning of verse 3. Here we go. In a sec, I throw the tech to your effing neck. Everybody hit the deck. Biggie about to get some wreck. Quick to leave you in a coffin. For slick talking, you better act like CC and keep on walking. When I hit you, I split you to the white meat. You swung a left, you swung a right, you fell to the concrete. Your face, my feet, they meet with stomping. I'm ripping MCs from Tallahassee's to Compton. Do I have to say much more? Track seven, one more chance. The beginning starts with continuous voicemails from gat girls <laughs> asking for a chance with Biggie. Biggie afterwards comes and delivers why he is best in the sheets, and along with that, he has swag. He mentioned him dressed down in Kuji and his rings and watch filled with rocks. That's my, I mean, I think that's that's the most to it to that song. I mean, Biggie being one more chance. Unless y'all didn't hear like the... Because the thing is, with this version, because I was wondering the same thing, too. When I hopped on Ready to Die, I thought I would be hearing with Faith Evans singing it. But it's totally different. So it doesn't sound as groovy as the other one is. But, I mean, it's quite a listen. He is spinning some hard bars. So, I mean, yeah, that's one more chance. Track 8, The What, featuring Method Man. There's irony for these two to even be leaking up because Method, if you don't know, was part of the group Wu-Tang. Members Raekwon and Ghostface didn't fuck with Biggie because they believed Biggie was biting Nan's concept of his um, cover for his album. Anyways, Method, I guess, put that beside him and they linked up through a, few, a fellow connect they knew in Tracy Wopes and they linked up at the studio and the rest is history. Metha and Big Papa uh, exchange bars. No type of story here, but just some good East Coast rap. Track, what is this? If that was track, this is track nine then. So this is Juicy. The instrumental Biggie's producer sampled was M-Tune, Juicy Fruit, hence the title is derived. This is the story of Biggie climbing to the top from being a common thief to a close and personal with Robin Leach. Biggie never imagined this lifestyle. He went from rags to riches. Biggie before realized hustling, believed hustling was the way out. He never realized his talent for his rhymes and Biggie is now in the limelight for his rhymes. It's almost as he was like surprised um, that he, that this could take him this far. You know, this rap game could take him this far. 
You know, he, he I'm sure he knew he had the skills to do it, but he just didn't, I guess, didn't take it serious enough. He thought, nah, there's no rewards for it, you know. But once you're, I feel like once you're locked up at this point, man, shit, I don't give a damn. I'm trying to get this paper. I don't care about hustling no more. I don't care about none of that no more. I care about hustling and getting this paper any way I can. And if I'm good at something, I'm going to pursue that. And that's what Biggie was doing. Track 10, Everyday Struggling. By far, the code sample on this whole album, and it is Either Way by Dave Grusin, is the song. That's the song produced by the Blues Brothers. Um, Biggie creates a narrative of the life of a kingpin and the stresses it brings for its own being. On verse 2, actually, Biggie Beautiful illustrates a story where he's on a trip with his man, two techs, his shuddy is on the Amtrak with the crack. Um, and then Biggie goes to tell why he trusts his girl and his and her loyalty because she won't snitch. Later, he gets word that the truck got infiltrated and his homie got burned by some lady, Alberta. It's basically just showing, this verse just showed a, a great story. I mean, a great, a great story. I thought it was just pretty cool that you could just visualize that for yourself. Um... And that's what that verse did. Other than that, like I said in the beginning, he's just comparing a, um, creates a narrative of the life of a kingpin and the stresses it brings uh, for his own well-being. Track 11, Me and My Bitch, <laughs> produced by Easy Mo B. To carry all of the information we got from Everyday Struggle about his shawty, remember how his shawty was on the Amtrak with the crack? So I am guess he's carrying on this shawty. And now, I guess he's getting a little bit more personal and talks about the relationship. Um, how she was there for him when he was broke and there for Biggie when he was filthy rich. It didn't matter to her, and Biggie truly admired that of her. So when the wine was right, Biggie would treat her right. And if she was talking slick, Biggie gone. I think you could finish the rest. Verse 3, Biggie again illustrates a story where he tells us how his shawty was there for him, uh, even for his robberies, and how she contributed in those robberies. Until all of a sudden, Biggie got a 911 pager from her, but no response back. He pulls up to the scene. I see cops there, and he's like, what the hell, what's going on? So he takes a minor U-turn to put his stash away because, you know, he didn't want to be caught slick, slick, slipping, you know? Um, so then, now back... Now that he came back, he sees his shoddy, shoddy dead. Biggie thinks it's because it was meant for him. Um, hitters, some hitters were out there for him, so they just took the one closest to him, and that was his shoddy. Um, however, this this love story is not true. Biggie, in an interview with 411 Knowledge back in 94, said he never had a girlfriend that got murdered. But he said he did know ride or die ladies out there in the drug game, women who would steal for their mans. He said he just wanted to shout the ride or die ladies out there. Track 12, Respect, um, produced by Sean Puffy Combs. Um, even though he, he samples um, Casey and, uh, what is it, Casey and the Sunshine Band, and I Get Lifted, that's my mommy's joint, so I kind of know that. Um so on this track, Biggie is just running down a whole life story 
as on verse one, it was a whole life story, like on a whole verse on his birth. Um, going on to verse two, he was talking about where he entered the drug scene and his mom, mother was disappointed in him. But Biggie was like, I don't see what else I can do. I can't put the drugs on the shelf. This is the only way I'm getting money. You ain't paying me. You know what I mean? And he he, he saw nothing else. He wanted he was smoking blunts, making cream, as he says. He said, fuck a football team. He wanted to stack his dough up. Um, but then when he got it into incarcerated, that's what set him straight. He was like, nah, this ain't it. Then after a chorus from Diana King, which still today. I don't know why he uses Diana King on this track. I don't know why. Maybe it's just hard or something. Maybe he was just like, yeah, yeah, I like her. I want to know why, um, how he reached out to Diana King. But um, on verse three, he's talking about, um, this is 94 now. And he said, I'm not the same deranged child stuck up in the game. And he's just giving advice um, to the um, niggas out there still on the street. Um, tell them to put the stress, put their uh, stress into rest. Um, but still tote your guns because a, a nigga always stay, you know, lurking on you. Still tote your guns, but learn how to learn how to live without that shit, without that street life. You know, find a, a new means, basically. Um, yeah, that's the overall in this track. Um, on to track thirteen now, right? Track 13, easy mode. Oh, what the fuck? Track 13, friend of mine. The beat is produced by Easy Mode Beam. He samples um, Seventh Heaven by Gwen Guthrie, Spirit of the Boogie by Cool of the Gang, Fishes by Black Mamba, and The Jam by Graham Central Station. On this track, Biggie is just um, telling us why he is so disrespectful to women because he got his feelings hurt, the bitch cheated on him. So he's just going to do the same thing and only use them for sex. That's all to the song for real. Um, No type of story here. Just one. Just a little. It was just a bop. You know what I mean? Just a bop on this track. I give this song a um, 7 out of 10. This isn't like, this isn't, this isn't a song. If I was going on to this album, this isn't, in a, this isn't a song I would click on. You know what I mean? I would have it would have to be like on shuffle mode for me to listen to it. Like for me to click this, nah, I don't really like this track for real. It's okay. I mean, let me let me play it again. Where is it at? Track thirteen, right? No, track fifteen. Nah. Let me know what you think. Track 16, Unbelievable, produced by DJ Premier. Um, this is one of the hardest songs on the album. This is a song I would click on. This is the type of song I would click on. Um, there's actually, DJ Premier also tells a story on, also told a story on an interview with Complex where he said he almost didn't give Big this beat because he was like, bro, you're with Puff Daddy. I mean, just be patient, bro. And then Biggie was like, nah. And Biggie offered like $5,000 to DJ Premier. And DJ Premier turned that down. But because he costs way more than that, I guess. And that's what he said. And then 
And then, um, but DJ Premier uh, fucked with him so much that he gave him that beat and it turned out a beat. It turned out a classic. Biggie was the one that um, was the one that um, mentioned to put that unbelievable sample where uh, R. Kelly and your body's calling says you're unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, um, on this track, Biggie is not he ain't really talking about nothing on this track, really just talking his shit. What he going to be doing, how he going to kill you, you know, you know. He smokes a lot. He also, but also he does um, give a diss to Kwame. Um, if anyone knows who Kwame is, I do not know who Kwame is. The guy is a nobody, okay? But I I was going through the, the uh, lyrics and he was like, your life is played out like Kwame and them fucking polka dots. So Kwame was an old school rapper back in the day, but now he's played out now. So, um because he's, I mean, first of all, this nigga's wearing polka dots. So Kwame, I think I was looking it up and I wanted to see how he felt about Biggie dissing him. Kwame was like, he was at this club and he was trying to get with this chick. And when when they play Unbelievable, that girl left him. <laughs> uh, it kind of ruined his um, image, I guess. That's what he said. And um, it was kind of embarrassing for them when they played that in the club and they were singing it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Kwame said it was actually an honor to get mentioned, right? And, that, I mean, I, that is true. He was like, at least I have the, at least Biggie said my name. At least I'm a somebody to him. I mean, Kwame's not really a known, I mean, he's known for his music, but he's really most known for his um producing as he he did say that he was like i want to be more than just an artist i want to um, become a producer and he has produced many tracks Kwame Kwame talking about something but i did not know who he was but on this track really is just biggie talking his shit you know the triple beam dream 1000 grams of uncut to the gut it seems effed up the way i touched up the grill trying to play gorilla when you ain't no killer the guys by your liver your upper lip quiver get ready to god till god i said hi and throw down some ice for the nicest mc niggas know the stilo unbelievable um what, what track is this track 17 right so track 17, Suicidal Dots, produced by Lord Finesse. Um, Biggie, on this track, Biggie is calling up Puff um, in the middle of the night to explain that he's about to commit suicide. And and then one long in one long verse, um, he's just talking about all the bad shit he's done, stealing out of his mother's purse, crime after crime, from drugs, drugs to extortion. And he's he has guilt. Um He's, he's sad, man. He's real sad. And he has to live with this shit. And he's about to commit suicide. He feels unloved and he sprays his guilt for all the crimes he's committed. But Puff trying to talk him out of it, you know, with the um, ad-libs. And that's what Puff liked to do with his with his um, tracks with Biggie. I don't know if he's done that with other artists, but I noticed that every track, Biggie's always, Puff Daddy's doing these ad-libs and is always relating to the message of the song. And he does, you know what I mean? Like the one, what was it? Damn, niggas want to sing me for my paper. Like warning, where he was doing the ad libs there. The one who 
even produced the intro. You know what I mean? He's creating it. Like, Puff is actually illustrating the story out there for us on this track. Um, but um, despite Puff's police, um, big pulls the trigger at the end. And then um, actually his fictional death in on this album um, follows up to um, his... 1997 life after death album you know what i mean and that's it that's this was the last yeah this is the last track because the other other two are like who shot you i mean there's history with that i mean if you ain't a hip-hop head i don't even i don't need to explain that to you you know what i mean you could just look that up for yourself i do not think it was meant for tupac though tupac got the wrong message but I understand, though. I understand where he was coming from, but he got the wrong message. It was not meant for Tupac. But niggas stretched it. Um, just playing dreams. Um, Biggie's just talking about all the girls he wants to F on one long track. On one leg track. On, lo- on one long track. Um, talking about Patti LaBelle. Even Raven Simone. And she was like, how old was she? Like nine? <laughs> all right, Biggie. But, um... Yeah, that ends um, Ready to Die. Overall, okay, because I got to give my rankings to tracks and give them like an overall, you know what I mean? Because I didn't do that for every other song. Okay. Okay. So for intro, I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. No, actually a 10 out of 10. Just for illustrating what, what type of album we're getting into, and it does that beautifully. Things Done Change. 10 out of 10 song. I will go back to the song. Biggie's talking about the shit. Um, he just got out of that penitentiary. He's like, what the hell's going on, basically? What the hell's happened? Give me the loot. Let me play that again. I wouldn't probably click on this, but, you know, it's a great song. Though. I get it. I mean, he's talking about, talking about his younger self stealing and shit, and then you got his, his other persona was like, you know what I mean? Oh, chill and shit. I wouldn't go back to that. Machine Gun Funk? Yeah, I go back to this. This is produced by Easy Mo B2. Easy Mo B killed it. Easy Mo Gale. I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. Give me the loot. Um, 8 out of 10. But I just like Machine Gun Funk's beat more, maybe. I just like that clap. Warning. Nine out of ten. It does. It does its justice. It's another puff ad lib type of thing. You see what he, you know, what I mean, with the pager and the calling. I love it. That's a nine out of ten. Ready to die. Ten out of ten. Love this song. I love that Mary J. Blige. I love that Mary J. Blige right there. Ten out of ten. I love that Mary J. Blige sample. That go hard, and I love the message. I love that message. One more chance. I don't really like this song. I don't like this version. Because it's not the same as with the Faith Evans. With the Faith Evans, I'll take that over this over day. One more choice chance. I give this a 7 out of 10. Fuck me, interlude. I'm not going to count that. Just wanted to create. Because they were talking about it. They just wanted to create... Um, a little comic. The what? 
I won't go back to this song. I really don't like this song for real. It's just uh, seven seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I don't really like Juicy no more. Maybe it's because it's played out. I don't like Juicy no more. I'm going to say 6 out of 10. But I love Ju- I'm not dissing Biggie. I just don't like Juicy as much. I hate that song. I don't really like it. Everyday Struggle. I'm not gonna- We're just going to leave it out on this track, bruh. This is the best song. The best song on this album. I don't care what nobody say. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 11 out of 10 20 out of 10 <laughs> okay then we got me and my bitch love that song too 10 out of 10 i love where i love how i can imagine i can like i can see what the hell's going on i'm like in the car with biggie as he's on the as he's putting his stash away and he's about to see go at the crime scene. I can I can imagine that. You know what I mean? I can see that. Big Papa, 10 out of 10. Respect, 9 out of 10. I like that song. I like that song. Friend of mine. Seven. We gave you that ranking. It was like 7 out of 10. Unbelievable. Yeah, 10 out of 10. I love that R. Kelly. I love that R. Kelly sample. And Biggie's talking his shit. Didn't he have a hard-ass verse on this shit? Hold up, yo. Biggie Smalls is the illest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh. Biggie Smalls is the illest. Mm. Hopefully I don't get copyrighted for this. I don't even know if y'all can hear it. Hold up. B-I-G-G-E. All right. Okay. Okay. Breathe. Breathe through in the Q45. Labor Koha and those that rushes. My clothes can be part of my own crutches. Can smoke like Duchess from the master. Hate to blaster, but I have to see us smoke a lot. Your life is played out like Kwame in the fucking polka dots. Who rocked the spot? Biggie. You know how the weed, yo. Unbelievable. Yeah. Hard. Suicidal thoughts. 9 out of 10. Even though it's not like on some, oh, this is my jam shit. It's just um, a track where you can you can see where he coming from. Like, what the fuck is going on with Biggie? You know what I mean? Who shot ya? 9 out of 10. 9 prime, motherfucker. That's your art. Just playing dreams. 5 out of 10. I don't like that song, bro. I just don't like hearing about someone someone's desires you know what i mean like that i don't want to hear all that what you gonna do to a bit i don't ew, i don't know maybe i gotta grow up but um that's it for this album i hope you guys enjoy we're on to the next album i'm gonna do is kendrick lamar's good kid my city next so on to that